is Tansley Stearns. Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Vince Kudlubik, co-founder of Meow Wolf, an arts and entertainment company with experiential exhibits in Santa Fe, Las Vegas, and Denver. He creates immersive and interactive experiences that transport audiences of all ages into fantastic realms of story and exploration. This is his story. Who is Vince Kadlubek? Vince Kadlubek. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I am lucky enough to be a co-founder of, uh, of Meow Wolf, um, arts production, entertainment, media, storytelling, psychedelic uh, company uh, here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've been, a, I've been driven my like entire life, basically from the time that I, I visited, uh, Disneyland and went to, um, Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time when I was like five years old, I had, I've been driven by this, what I've determined to be basically the imagination. Like what is, what is the power of the imagination? What is it what, what does it mean to the human trajectory, um, how to support and how to propagate and how to like amplify the imagination has just kind of been like my work, I guess you could say from, from as early as I can remember. And Meow Wolf is really the first time where, where, where that kind of came into focus as to like, you know, it started to kind of like form and codify, I guess, you know, around the Meow Wolf, uh, Meow Wolf era. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that's still who I am. And Meow Wolf for me is the, is, is the best vehicle for, uh, my obsession with, uh, what it means to be an imaginative creature and what it means to create. So, so yeah, that's, I guess me in a nutshell, I live here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I work for Meow Wolf, uh, Meow Wolf full time. I, I work closely with the CEO as you know, as we grow the company into all sorts of crazy ways. <laughs> it's amazing. Finish this sentence for me. The world will be a better place when? The world will be a better place when there's a unified perspective of what we're, why, why we're here and where we want to go. Mm. Um, like when, when we, when we as humans are able to kind of understand the, the nature of our consciousness, the nature of our capabilities, understand our obsession with creating things and our obsession with utilizing resources to create things the need for sustainability in that process. Um, basically, like we all need to get on the same page and have like a vision of the future that we all are psyched about, <laughs> mm. you know? 
<laughs> we tend to talk about problems so much, and we all know the sh- we all know the problems of the of of the world. You know, we know about the conflicts, and we know about we know about the climate, the issues of climate change and the environment, and the obsession with consumerism and addiction to opiates and alcoholism and um, you know gender discrimination and and discrimination of all types. And there's like so many things that we know um, are a problem in the world. And it's so hard to create a vision of the world that is that is beyond those things, that is like mm-hmm. a solving of. Like, what does it look like when we move beyond that? Um, or can we move beyond that? But it's like any, any solving of a problem starts with imagining what, that, what it looks like when you solve it. You know, yeah. like, I just know that that's true. Like, it starts with a vision. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's like there's so many dystopian stories and there's so many stories that show like what it looks like when the world is ending. And I would love to have, you know, uh, communion around an emerging vision of what it looks like when we deal with these types of problems that we have. Um, so sorry, long answer. Oh, it's amazing. It's a really interesting way to think about it. When you're at your happiest, most joyful times, you're listening to? I, I'm listening to, like, mm-hmm. I'm listening to nature. <laughs> My happiest, most joyful times, I'm hearing the dynamic spatial audio qualities of nature. Birds and wind and um, even cars in the distance. Like, I, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, dig, I dig having, like, the the realities of humanity is part of the soundscape. I know we don't do this a lot now, but do you have an album you listen to from first song to last? The art that comes to mind is Polo and Pan. They're like a kind of like pop electro uh, group out of France um, that are, that are pretty dope. Um, or Ezekiel Pilis, another French artist that I really love. Um, so yeah, those, those folks come to mind for me. Tell me what made you laugh out loud lately. Oh gosh. I was in the Dominican Republic last week, um, visiting my, my buddy's family who, uh, live, who operate a coffee farm, a coffee plantation. And, um, I was staying at a hotel and I, we were watching me and my buddy Shiloh were watching, uh, just like the random hotel TV at, in the Dominican Republic. And there was one that was playing, um, a Martin Lawrence action film. <laughs> it, was, it was dubbed. It was yeah. dubbed in French, which so we're like in the Dominican Republic, and then it's dubbed in French, and uh, it was like the the dubbing of Martin Lawrence's voice, or the the dubbing of Martin Lawrence because he's so animated and like, but the dubbing was so hilarious. We're just like, no. <laughs> when was the last time you danced so hard that your feet were sore? I danced a lot at New Year's this year, actually, like yes. uh, weeks ago. Like I, I haven't, you know, we throw a lot of parties and we throw a lot of dance parties and there's a lot of music and techno and house like involved in my life for sure. But I oftentimes am the person who just wants to get into the like the chill zone. I just want to like lay down and like be in like sort of like what would be referred to as the cuddle puddle. Like I just want to cuddle, pu- cuddle puddle basically all night. But on New Year's, I was I was dancing. Um, it was it was fun. When you feel down, you heal by communication, mm. like re- 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 revealing, revealing communication, vulnerable communication, 
um, like digging into it with people who can, who can hear it and who are like also on the same page of navigating, kind of navigating, you know, it's all about getting to the trigger point. It's all about getting to the trauma, you know, and, and, and just like being able to communicate my way there, like how, why, what is, what is it that is making me feel the way that I feel? Um, yeah. So it's, that's the most important thing. Being as vulnerable as you described as hard, what's helped you to be that way? There's been, I mean, there's been leadership programs that I've been a part of that have been really helpful in developing language. Most prominently Landmark. People probably know about Landmark, but like Landmark was really significant for me and I really dug it. Uh, I've also, um, you know, been in the transformational therapy kind of uh, psychedelic therapy plant medicine world for a, a while in my life. And that's been incredibly helpful and is like consistently something that is like really powerful for me. Um, in fact, just did like a very uh, remarkable plant medicine called Bufo Alberis and um, had a, a, um, a guided facilitation by a doctor uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago. And it was like, I mean, just, it just totally aligned, uh, aligned my, 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 my thought process, aligned my being, aligned my, like, my view of my own life and my view of the world and my view of people around me just kind of just like aligned it. Um, so that also, that helps. Who's someone you look up to? God, it's such a cheesy answer to this. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, it really feels quite cheesy, but like the person who comes to mind the most for me is like Barack Obama. Oh, right honest. on. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just, <laughs> I've, so like Barack and Michelle Obama both come to mind for me. Also somebody who elevates that level for me is Beyonce um, for like different, for completely different reasons. Um, yeah. but I think aligned both also in just sort of like, um, I think it's it's ultimately around powerful leadership, and it's like mm-hmm. that leadership expressed Beyonce through just being like one of the most dope artists ever, um, you know, a multi talented artist ever. And then the way that like the the level of leadership is 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 presented through that expression, and then obviously Obama through his like his you know ability to talk. Tell us about your impossible. Uh, so I have a pretty big impossible that. Um, you know, that I've been driving towards for a while. I mean, it's, it's essentially the belief that like, um, you know, that like consciousness has gone through many evolutions. I mean, we like, you know, consciousness expands and collective consciousness expands. Like at one point, like we weren't even capable of really understanding the nature of time. Um, we didn't have the tools to do so, um, as, as a, as conscious entities. Um, and that was, that was long ago. That was like hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, but then we emerged into what is now a very, like a very clear understanding of time because our consciousness expanded and we use tools like language in order to get there. And, um, and I, I just have a belief that we're going to, that we're, we're, that that process hasn't stopped and that there's like another sort of realm that we are kind of sort of unaware of right now, like, or maybe slightly aware of that as like the collective consciousness evolves, it's going to become even more and more and more part of our lives. And that realm is the imagination. That realm is dream. And so like my impossible is that 
you know, within our lifetime, we will be like experiencing the imagination uh, all the time. <laughs> like it just always it like and and that the that like it's scary for most folks. Like the the um, the barrier between what's real and what's fake is going to become almost non-existent. It's a, there's it's going to basically be non-existent and um and that's a really scary thought like deep fakes for instance or like fake right. news or like but it's only a scary thought when that dichotomy between real and fake is still present but once that dichotomy is eliminated and everything is just real and fake at the same time like a dream basically like a dream um then I think we've kind of reached a, a new kind of level of experience of being human or being being conscious entities. I must admit, Vince blew my mind. I visited Meow Wolf exhibits and had different experiences each time. His commitment to playing a role in merging dreams with reality is not science fiction. AI and emerging tech's role in bringing new tools to display our creativity are exciting and nerve-wracking. Are you prepared for this new age of consciousness? Tell us about challenges to your impossible that have seemed insurmountable. This is like a real dorky, like kind of technical component, but it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, technology is going to, is going to drive this impossible. Like mm-hmm. it's it already, it already has since really since the beginning of time, it's been technology that's driven this. So um, the adoption of a fulfilled view, uh, digital overlay so like whether that's like a headset or glasses or like the development of optical ar i think is probably you know that it's 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 still not kind of getting there but then i'll, I'll in conjunction to that like the development of um inc- incredibly user-friendly creator tools mm. which we're getting better at like adobe for sure and there's a bunch of like you know there's a bunch of different creator tools out there that are getting more and more user-friendly but you know we're still in this place where a small percentage of people are the creators and a large percentage of people are the consumers mm-hmm. and in like the ideal impossible state, we're all co-creating, like we're all capable of creating the dream collectively. And that's going to take super sophisticated creator tools. Um, and so that's also a challenge. <laughs> Has there been a moment in your journey where you felt like giving up? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure. Like, um, I, I mean, in a way I did give up, <laughs> you know, like 2019, I had just, um, completed a series, a series, a round of financing for me. I woke and it was two years of my life that I spent completely dedicated to trying to bring money in to me. Wolf to support our operations. And, and, uh, I was so underwater. I was like wired, um, like a fucking psychopath in a way. Mm. Like I was just like wired, like a, like I didn't, I didn't listen very well. I didn't have compassion. Mm. Um, I had like a sort of egomaniacal tendencies because it's just like when you're out there in this business world, like CEO world, raising money, you have to act so instinctively and you have to be like so confident and so like, so like psychotically confident in your vision and in, in what you're selling. And doing that for so long, it just sort of made me like lack the type of human qualities that um, 
are desirable in life, honestly. Mm. So I quit. I mean, I basically stepped down as CEO. I said, I can't, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remained a part of Meow Wolf. I remained a board director and I remained um, involved in slight ways. But really, I just ended up like, you know, coincided with COVID. Like I quit, I, I ended up stepping down like a few months before COVID hit. So it was weird timing. Yeah. And I ended up just spending like then the last couple of years reconnecting with people and mm-hmm. learning and reconnecting with people from New Mexico, from the culture and heritage that I grew up with. And, um, and it just has been incredibly therapeutic and healing. And so now I'm back at me after that whole trans kind of transformational experience, I guess. And being very weary. Like I'm just like back, but also being very self-aware of like those parts of myself that are still in me and wanting and just like wanting to make sure that I don't go down that path again, where I forget my humanity to such a degree, you know? What do you think helps you prevent that? Education, um, courses, learning, um, kind of staying open to what you don't know and like mm-hmm. kind of the, the humbling experience of that, the humility of that, of being like, there's a lot that I don't, there's a lot that I don't know. Um, therapy, um, ongoing talk therapy, um, plant medicine therapy. Um, I know. So it's, it's a constant, I mean, I think that we kind of have to like constantly be keeping our ego identity um, at bay. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think that that's probably like everybody's kind of struggle, um, and staying open to staying open to to the possibilities of the world and the possibilities of the people around you. Um, so yeah, it's like a constant thing. Um, I mean, and at the, at the, at the core of it too, like there has to be appreciation for the life that we have. And there has to Mm -hmm. be like an understanding that we're going to die and that this is my one window of opportunity to experience all the things. And if I'm not coming from a place of appreciation for that, if I'm like, you know, then I'm almost like disrespecting the opportunity that I've been given that, you know, so, so there's a connectivity to like creator and to like the universe as a whole, or just the, the, the nature of existence that helps keep, keep, keeps me patient and keeps me like a bit more lighthearted and, compassionate because like don't I'm not, I don't want to spend my time here like stressing. I don't want to spend my time here like in fits of drama or fits of conflict. You know, that would be a real disrespectful thing. And so it's just like keeping that appreciation as present as possible. Vince's continuous journey to keeping his ego at bay resonates deeply. I admire his vulnerability and honest assessment of where he finds himself today. Dedicating time to conducting regular self-evaluations about the pace we are working, our mental health, and keeping a circle of trust are not only nice things to do. Forming these habits is critical in continuing to pursue the impossible. Is there a time where things went bananas that you can look back and laugh about now? Any sort of like bananas has been um, traumatic, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's it's hard to it's hard to totally laugh at it. I mean, um, I you know I, I think I could probably like look back to 
some of the early early days of Meow Wolf, where you know, like it was just total chaos. Mm. Um, I'm talking like pre-business, like years and years before we were even a business, but we were just like a social a social club here in Santa Fe, like total chaos. I'm like shoplifting materials in order for us to build exhibitions and like we can barely pay rent and we're like cops are coming and shutting things down almost on a nightly basis and just like that type of whole like world that we were in as as young 20 somethings um is kind of is funny to think back at about now for sure Um, just the absurdity of it Tell me about your advice for folks who have a fire in their belly for their impossible, but have a fear of that action and taking those next steps. I got, yes, that's great. So like, if you're afraid of that, if you're afraid of taking the next steps, it's probably because you haven't allowed yourself the time to fully understand or fully, um, fully develop the vision of the impossible. Mm -hmm. And like, so there's, and, and you've probably not allowed yourself to fully envision the impossible because you're afraid of it not being being possible, <laughs> you know. So you stop yourself from doing it. You're like, I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be delusional here. So I'm just gonna like, I know that there's this thing out there, but I don't know exactly what it looks like. Or I don't know what it looks like as deeply as maybe I should, because um, it might come across as a waste of time to like create that vision fully. Um, and so, yeah, so it really comes down to like, it's a pretty basic process. It's like envision um, or imagine as fully as possible what that impossible is and then believe in it. And the thing about belief is that it's the same uh, like from an etymology perspective, it's the same word as love. We don't think about belief and love as being the same thing. But if you love that vision that you've developed so much that you're that you want to then work at it, like you you then make daily choices or yeah, make daily choices towards the possibility of that vision coming into into creation, and so you then work from a place of that love. And if you don't love the vision, then the work is not going to have the spirit necessary for that, for that vision to be, to come into, to, to be created. So it's like those three steps. It's like, imagine love what you're imagining and then work towards making what you're imagining real. And what's cool about those things is that they're all three, like, they're all three very spiritual things, like things that are kind of non-physical in a way. Like the imagining is a like, I don't know, like what kind of, is that physical? Like where, what, what is that vision that we have? Like, what is that? So like the imagining, imagining, then the loving of that, of what you imagine. And then the, 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 um, willpower or like mm. the willpower, the spirit to then, to then work based on that love. And so it's this cool little like triad of, you know, kind of creator, kind of like creation, you know, (laughs) uh, tools. What's your next impossible, my friend? Well, I mean, like I, 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 there, you know, I don't know if there's a next impossible after the impossible I already described, but on a smaller scale and maybe more lighthearted, somewhat lighthearted scale, like 
I really want to create a roller coaster in my lifetime. Like I really <laughs> hope that I get to create a roller coaster. Um, so yeah, there's this company in Idaho called RMC Rocky mountain construction and they're a coaster company. And my dream is to work with them on developing a like crazy psychedelic art inspired, but still really bad at roller coaster. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. This concludes today's episode for exclusive content. Visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.